Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. It seems like you know ball the way you talk, so. <laughs> Thank you. Someone clip that. I'm not playing in your league unless I can draft myself. <laughs> <laughs> Outside of football, I live a pretty boring life. With Matt Harmon. This is an anti-getting greedy podcast here. Been seeing you guys' podcast have blown up here recently, so glad to get on. It's Thursday, December 29th, and that means we are inching closer to the end of the regular season. However, we're still going to keep you informed if you're in the fantasy championship this week or next, whatever, or you're, you know, you're playing DFS, you know, you keep some notes for next year doing prop bets, whatever. We've got you here on the final Stat Nerd Thursday of the season. Oh, Dalton Del Don, obviously with me here. He is every week for Stat Nerd Thursday. Dalton, breaks my heart, but this is the last one of the year. Yeah, that's sad. The season both flew by and has taken forever at the same time. Let me tell you, with the kids at home for Christmas or winter break, uh, they don't understand. There's still work to be done. We have a, a, another week, as we know now, the NFL season these days. So, yeah, man, let's uh, let's talk some football, Harmon. And happy holidays to you and your fam, your wife, your dogs, the good, the crew. Right back at you, buddy. Uh, yeah, like we said in, uh, during a video shoot earlier, got the Del Don uh, holiday card just this week. What a banger of a holiday card. So shout out to you guys. Uh, that was a good one. Dalton predictably left himself off the holiday card. It was just his kids, which honestly I respect. My daughter has her too cool for this picture smile, so this worked perfectly to send that because it, it fit her attitude well. <laughs> well, we love to see that. Uh, yeah, you're right. The The general school system does not respect football season enough. Um, that is for sure. But we have work to do here. We've got serious business. You know what we do here on Saturday Thursday. We give you one stat for all 32 NFL teams. Uh, we're going to go worst to first again to, to try to slog through some of these bad teams, although... I don't know how much room I want to save for this Thursday night preview at the end, but that is a whole nother topic that we will get to later. Let's start, though, in the AFC South with the Houston Texans. The Texans have allowed the second most rushing yards per game since week 13, but the 12th fewest passing yards per game, Dalton. We've been talking about this on the show. I think, listen, I'm going to say this. I think we've been a little ahead of the curve on the Texans stuff uh, basically the last few weeks saying like, hey, pay attention, people. The Texans are kind of balling on defense right now, but mostly only from a pass defense standpoint. And when I say balling, I'm talking like, you know, 12 fewest passing yards per game allowed. It's not that great, but it's more than I think. It's better performance than we expect out of the Texans. And your numbers do help when you face uh, Malik Willis as well. It's going to help your passing stats oh, against. Yes. Um, 
This is a weird one this week. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has been killing it, but how much are Jacksonville going to try? Um, same with Travis Etienne. Do you fire him up in DFS? Or are you worried with motivation? The spread suggests they're going to try hard here, but even if they do, yes, like the Texans are, are no longer a cakewalk matchup. They're they're playing hard till the end here. Brandon Cooks returned, I will add, and not uh, caught a, a second touchdown, like a 35-yarder that was nullified by a shaky penalty. So he nearly had mm. two scores without Nico Collins. So he's actually all kind of on the radar here if you if you need a, a wide receiver three. Yeah, Jaguars pass defense certainly a weak point. Um, yeah, this is the time of the year. I'm glad you brought up the motivation, like. We talked about this with Austin yesterday. Do players want to play the whole season if you've wrapped up the playoff spot? Like, you can't improve the seating that much. What what, what do the coaches then end up wanting to do? And every coach is going to be super different about it. You know, we'll talk about the Vikings, obviously, towards the end of the show. Like, they are, you know, Kevin O'Connell probably, he's already said he wants to rest starters. You know, he comes from that McVay tree where they want to rest starters. They don't play anybody in the preseason, the whole thing. So, it can be a messy week. Here in week 17 with some of this stuff. Trying to count, I mean, trying to calculate matchups is already hard enough as it is. Trying to calculate motivation. I mean, give me a break. This is a whole nother thing here. Hey, this is it's tough business here for us, uh, us fantasy analysts, but you don't care about us. What you care about is the players and uh what you should do with them. So let's talk about Justin Fields, Chicago Bears next team up here. Justin Fields rush attempts over the last four games, Dalton. 18, 6, 15, and 7. He's coming off a season low 11 yards on the ground last week. What's the deal with Justin Fields as a runner? I know you are high on him this week based on a video we did earlier. Yeah, that was weird weather last week. Obviously, that doesn't affect running, but the Bills defense slowed him down. He had been a top eight, at least a top eight fantasy QB in eight straight games before that performance. He has the third most rushing yards ever by a quarterback, despite missing a game and last week getting shut down. Uh, there's motivation to break the record. It's within reach over the final two games. And I actually have Fields as my number one fantasy QB this week. He's playing in the Coors Field of the NFL. The Lions are getting the second most yards per play at home while allowing the most yards per play at home, while the Bears are also allowing the second most yards per play on the road. So in the highest over-under of the week, um, and the Lions also allowing the most YPA, the most fantasy points, and the most rushing yards to quarterbacks. So yeah, man, I'm not too worried about last week's performance or the receivers in Chicago. Fields is my number one fantasy QB this week. Mm, uh, wow, that's uh, that's spicy. I, I like that. Um, but listen, I get it. And, and you know, a lot of people are probably uh, they're probably going back forth on the Fields thing after last week. But this this spot could not be any more different. And I like that you point that out there. God, we we just got to get this guy some receivers in the offseason. You yep. know, I mean. He's indoors, going to be playing from behind. Goff goes crazy at home. I mean, the game script, you look at Allen, and I know that Allen the Bengals projects as a shootout, but the Bengals are playing pretty good defense, and Mahomes, why are they going to have to throw in the second half? I love the setup here for Fields quite a bit, but I hope he does run. You're right, maybe that shoulder injury last week was a sign of, but he had that one big carry game after the injury too, following the bye. So I'm, I'm in again mm -hmm. this week and firing up with confidence and starting him in DFS. All right, I like that call there. Uh, I know. By the way, our Yahoo stuff. has him the highest price salary. The Yahoo's uh, Yahoo's in believes is, 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 is agrees with me here. Well, on the main slate, right? Because like uh, our uh, Allen oh, and that's Burrow a good are, point. Yeah. yeah, fair point. Fair point. But Mahomes is there. Mahomes. He's, he's that's true. Higher yeah, salary yeah, that's than Mahomes. True. Yeah. No, I, I I mean I like the call. I think this is a good week to get back in on Fields. I think if if it was me. You know, between like Burrow and Fields, because I had somebody ask me this, I, I think I'd probably go down with Burrow and what could be a potential shootout there. But we'll talk a little bit about the Bengals um, later on. Unfortunately, 
we have to talk about the Denver Broncos because uh, they are still a team that exists. Oh no, I missed. I skipped the car. I skipped the Cardinals. I almost skipped the Cardinals. Darn! <laughs> how dare! How dare I uh, almost skip the Cardinals? Give me a break. Uh, James Conner has played ninety-two percent of the snaps over the last six games. Just absurd, man. The abs- the absurdity of James Conner just playing all of these snaps. It's wild, but it makes him like a locked and loaded, you know, kind of matchup proof. Not that you're worried about the matchup against the the Falcons, anyways, but just makes him like a clear cut what fringe uh, high end RB two, fringe RB one with that type of snap rate. Oh, he's my RB four this week. I mean, over the last three games, ninety six percent of backfield opportunities for Connor. Ninety six percent of backfield opportunities. Here's a Scott Barrett tweet since the beginning of last year with Kyler Murray. Connor's been about the RB eighteen without him. He's been the RB one, averaging twenty two point mm. five fantasy points per game. Here's just another stat I could have thrown on there. The Cardinals have held a lead, a lead on a league low thirteen percent of their offensive <laughs> drives. That one's from Mike Clay this year. So he's getting all the targets doesn't matter who's starting at quarterback this week look like McSorley targets him like crazy or McCoy is probably a little bit better so um oh I'm all yeah I'm Connor who's no one's getting more opportunities than him in the entire league yeah pretty wild man and this is a guy with a huge injury history too and, and they're just running him into the ground here um you hope hope he stays healthy the rest of the way and you know we'll see uh he's he's on like a pretty big three-year deal with the Cardinals so I don't know Cliff Kingsbury probably not back next year the Cardinals are certainly in the wilderness but um the Falcons have shut down outside receivers, too, for like like Hopkins and Marquise Brown. This game really sets up for Connor and, and Dorch the slot, too. I, I like, like the setup for Connor looking at, a, again, a million, a million touches in this matchup. I mean, how about Trace McSorley just getting in there and pumping Greg Dorch with a bunch of volume, pumping, uh, you know, James Connor with a bunch of volume. I, I don't know if I need to see Trace McSorley play uh, in the NFL again, but it certainly would be a lot of good news for James Connor in the passing game, at least. Um, Denver Broncos are the next team up here. Russell Wilson has taken the most sacks in the NFL despite missing two games. I believe you put this on the outline, and uh, yeah, just Russell Wilson, not good. By the way. Uh, producer John and I were talking about this Lord podcast and I were talking about this before you jumped on uh, to the zoom here, Daniel Jeremiah, my buddy from NFL network. He's, I mean, you know, everybody knows DJ is one of the nicest guys ever. It's not, not super, super uh, publicly critical, but you know, Dan Orlovsky was talking about this on Twitter about, you know, to, to fix Russ, simply put, you need a coach to build everything around an offense that is quote out of the pocket rather than based on in the pocket based or whatever. And DJ just quote tweets that and says, he, being Russ, lost his twitch slash explosiveness and strength. I don't know if that's going to come back. He doesn't have any snap left. He's super monotone in all of his movements. You know, Dan follows it up saying, like, how, how did he lose it or whatever? And DJ says, I've never seen a non-running back lose it overnight like he did. It's wild. This idea, I can already tell you, Dalton, the idea that, oh, we're going to fix Russell Wilson. Whichever coach that comes in here next is going to be fixed Russell Wilson. Like, already shoot that offseason narrative into the sun. I, I don't want to hear it one bit. It's bad. Um, and what what it sounds like maybe they can get out of his contract at the end of next season, although they'll still take massive cap hits. But yeah, I've, I've never really I can't really remember anything quite like this. But uh, the new coach is certainly not an attractive. It's not an attractive landing spot for for Sean Payton dealing with this, because I do not think this is a quick fix, if any fix at all. It's a disaster for Wilson. Yeah, leading the taking the most sacks, nearly 50 despite missing two games. It's bad. It's bad. Yeah, disaster. I mean, just a stone cold disaster. I, I don't know. I honestly, I don't know. I don't know where they go from here, but they can't hire a coach with this idea that like, they're going to fix, uh, they're going to fix Russell Wilson. You need to think like, all right, maybe in a good situation, Russ can be like the 20th, 15th best quarterback in the NFL, the absolute best. 
and that that's asking a lot at this point. And, and, yeah, that's asking a lot. And what's not a very good situation here. All right, next team up. Speaking about a not good situation, Indianapolis Colts. Nick Foles had a zeroth percentile EPA per dropback and adjusted yards per attempt in his start against the Chargers. Good news, Dalton. <laughs> They're going to start Nick Foles again against the Giants. So can you play any, can you like with a straight face play any Colts player in your fantasy championship this week? I mean, you look at Mike Clay's matchup shadow report. He just notes at how bad the, the, the Giants secondary is. But Pittman is more of a, I think you can do wide receiver three, especially in PPR. <sighs> I do think you can in this matchup, but it was ugly. Uh, there's no, no question about it. Um, it was really bad. I did rank the Giants pretty highly among my defenses this week. I have a, a more of an excuse of a couple of uh, sit-start questions. I think I, I did you poorly last week, and one of them was Deion Jackson, but I did not foresee him getting in a shouting match with his head coach right before the game and then getting yeah. benched for most of the game. So sorry about that one. Uh, but yeah, Nick Foles is uh, certainly not been an upgrade, and it's it's an ugly situation. And I hear you. You're saying you're sitting your guy Pittman no matter yeah no matter what, pretty much at all costs. I I have that situ I have that choice in our injury prone league. I. I have him as an option so in in the championship, but um, let, let, yeah, yeah, I can't do you it. Say no, okay. I can't yeah. do it. Um, I uh, my mom needed a potential. What about Slayton play. in this same exact game? I have both of them. You're not playing Slayton over him, are you? It seems like Hodgins gets all the the red zone stuff. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk about those Giants receivers in a bit. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I I Bad. guess not, but like. Yeah, you have to be considering some goofball like, you know, like that. Uh, Darius Slayton a little bit better than goofball. But, like, you have to be considering, you know, some of these guys or whatever. Uh, than, than You know what I will recommend? I will. This is really deep. You want to go cheap? I think in Yahoo DFS, he's 11 bucks, so close to the minimum. J- Jelani Woods has secretly Jelani. really good yeah. yards per route run. Granson is probably, if he's out again. And um, Nick Foles, historically, I actually looked into this, is, is super high target rate for his tight ends. So for what it's worth, Woods is a cheap option here for a banged up Giants secondary. But you're not talking yourself in anyone here. I know it was really bad. It was so, it was miserable. It was, it was about as bad as it gets. Zero, yeah, zero with percentile. I looked up, yeah. I looked up this stat specifically because I was like, that has, to, I got to find some way to say that that was the worst quarterback performance of the entire season. And we have seen some goofballs come out here and, and play quarterback this this NFL season. And Nick Foles, again, shout out to Nick Foles, legend, BDN, uh, you know, the whole thing. Won a Super Bowl for the <laughs> Eagles. Guys, guys, a legend, right? But dude I had mean, a 27 to 2 touchdown to interception ratio one season in the NFL. Right? Yeah. I don't believe I, I I'm I'm hallucinating. I think that happened. Yeah. So shout that out to thing- BDN for sure. Yeah. But yeah, but he doesn't have it anymore. Chip Kelly, yeah, NFL still- play calling legend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 27 to 2 touchdown interception ratio for Nick Foles. But no, yeah, it's 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 done. Yeah, we're we're done. Nick Foles is done. Like, come on. I, I, I like I said, it's the worst starting quarterback uh, performance in the NFL. Uh, Atlanta Falcons. Next one up here. Let's talk about something positive. I, I had this note before we got uh, on the Toyota video this morning. I know you got some Algier nugs too. Tyler Algier has a fifty five point six percent rushing success rate since Week Twelve. Anything over fifty percent is very very good. By the way, he has played more rushing snaps than CPAT, and he's only three fewer passing snaps in that same span than CPAT. I mean, Tyler Algier, I think, is kind of going under the radar how uh, well he has played uh, of late for the Falcons. Ooh, I'm as a fifth, top 15 fantasy back this week. He's averaging 18 carries over the last two games since Caleb Huntley went down. Patterson saw his smallest snapshot of the season last week, even with Huntley out. Algier also saw his most targets ever last week in Desmond Ritter's second start. Over the last five weeks, the Falcons have the lowest pass rate over expectation. Arizona's allowed the six most fantasy points to running backs. Algier's getting 5.7 yards per carry at home. So yeah, man, I like him quite a bit this week. Yeah. 
Um, I like him a lot. I think he's probably the favorite right now uh, to start for this team next year. I, I would like to see them just like ignore the running. I That's weird, right? Because I love the their run system is so cool and so fun that I kind of would like to see a big time back uh, in this offense. But, uh, and, you know, betting on these day three backs to like hold jobs long term can be a little dicey in, in Dynasty, for example. But I don't know. Algiers run well. This is a fun run system. Like he might be an interesting guy to discuss next year. Although, again, yeah, Falcons could add a big time running back. And that would certainly make this rushing offense pretty interesting as well. Um, speaking of big time running backs, Cam Akers has been a top three fantasy back since week 13. Guy was like outside the top 50 prior to week 13 um cam Akers, how much uh, do we trust him against the chargers defense that as we discussed with eckler yesterday that defense is balling out right now but they're still giving up big gains on the on the ground not not massive ones but like consistently four five six yards per carry uh do the chargers give up there how do we feel about cam Akers this week Oh, yeah, another top 15 fantasy back this week. He looked good, too, last week, putting up those numbers. I mean, he sat out most of the fourth quarter. Eight carries in the red zone. Um, it was really the the week of the uh, Achilles return last week with Cam Akers and Foreman putting up monster oh, yeah. weeks. Foreman we'll talk about next. But yeah, yeah I'm starting Akers with confidence. This is what they envisioned him. It's wild that he was nearly traded or released, and now he's the clear feature back. Um, and Mayfield's been competent enough. And yes, the Chargers defense has been playing well, but the opponents have helped that to the schedule. So uh, I'm I'm absolutely firing up Akers with confidence. He's, he looks he looks good. Like I said, again, doing yeah. it too, man. He's he's. I don't know if it just took a little longer for the recovery, but um, uh, here we are, and we're starting Akers in your fantasy championship as a top fifteen type back. I hope we someday get some sort of like I don't know intel into what the 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 schism was between Akers and McVeigh because it was reportedly going back to training camp and like at this point now you know the rams they haven't hit on like a ton of young guys to build up the nucleus beyond like all the veterans that they've added and stuff and now if acres can give them like this level of play next year that's really something for them to build on so um should be pretty interesting there for uh the rams as they head into next year you know what else is interesting dalton sam darnold leads the nfl in adjusted yards per attempt since he took over as a starter. He ranks second in EPA per dropback since week 12. Yes, we're talking about the Carolina Panthers this early. And yes, they can and should. They should win the NFC South, damn it. So Sam Darnold, since he took over, playing mistake-free football. And like you mentioned, it really has um, also elevated the run game as well, which, I mean, Dante Foreman and Chuba Hubbard just ran all over the Lions last week. Yeah, you beat me to it. I wanted to add your stat, your Darnold stat, to the uh, to the outline, but you uh, you you beat me to it there. He has played Darnold's played far better than expected. Foreman, man, I recommended people sit him last week after he had played 14 snaps the previous week and was facing a Lions D that had just absolutely shut down opposing running backs for a seven game stretch. It doesn't. The samples in the NFL don't get much larger than that. There's this constant injuries and whatnot. I mean, it looked like the worst possible current yeah. matchup, and the dude had played 14 snaps the week before, and then he was like, he might have been the number one whatever he's a top three fantasy pack last week so that was just in my face made me feel very very silly um they were wide open gaping holes too and and hubbard i mean it was wild they had like 280 rushing yards or something i mean it was it was crazy dalton but this this is the thing man like that is the perfect example of a situation of why this is so un why this is so unpredictable and why like thinking that you can come out here and predict this stuff like oh you just know what's going to happen every single week is it's ridiculous because yeah, I mean, Foreman has had these awesome performances, 
However, yeah, 14 snaps, 10 carries, 9 yards the week before against the Steelers. And, you know, the Lions have been hot. We know all that part. The the run defense was great. And they just, I mean, Dan Campbell said it himself. They went out there and they kicked, like the Panthers kicked their ass. He even went up to Steve Wilkes afterwards and said, hell of an ass kicking. And the way those guys respond to Steve Wilkes is awesome. I mean, um, you could see this. I think the uh, Panthers fan account, Roaring Riot, tweeted out just a clip of uh, Steve Wilkes just yelling, Foreman, in the in the locker room. Like, th- you can't quantify that type of vibe, but that stuff is real. And by the way, which also you can't quantify is like actually watching that game back, um, watching it a little bit live, but especially watching it back on film, like the tight ends blocking their asses off against uh, the Lions, like the offensive line going to work. I think the offensive line is kind of underrated. So Foreman's pretty explosive. Foreman's really interesting, but like the entire offense cohesively coming together and just like running the same, there wasn't like the most diverse run game or anything like that. They just, crushed the lions they ran like the same few runs over and over and over again the lions could do nothing to stop it so it just foreman last week great example of why this stuff can be so unpredictable one thing that was predictable was dj moore who had lined up in the slot at like a 65 that was a good call by you. since since the darnold took uh over and then uh and lines have allowed the most fantasy points to the slot and he once again came through he's actually scored three of the last four games despite not seeing more than seven targets in any of them but one of these game scripts will will force more throws but it's funny because more used to see all the targets and never score but he's come through and uh yeah foreman and acres coming off that achilles tear both looking very impressive when the fantasy matchups matter most pretty hilarious that dj moore's had this uh, you know definitely very disappointing season uh he only has 761 receiving yards but he's got a career high six touchdowns right now (laughs) and like i would bet uh, like if he gets eight this year that's just going to be so funny because if you had told fantasy folks at the beginning of the year like hey dj moore guess what he's gonna score eight touchdowns this year you would have been like Oh, you would you would have been so excited. I mean, we already I, we've already taken heat for talking about DJ Moore on this podcast too much. You know, my my pal Ryan saying he's my guy, he's my guy, whatever. Okay, With DJ Moore, you could have told us uh, he was going to score eight touchdowns. Definitely would have been our guy heading into this year. But uh, Sam Darnold has been the one to save him, so that's pretty exciting. But yeah, I, I can't wait to watch this game. I know we'll talk about it more on the preview show tomorrow. I can't. I really hope that I, I'm just brazenly rooting for the Panthers uh, to make the playoffs just because I don't want to see the Bucs in the postseason. Um, you know what else I don't want to see? And I want to watch the Cleveland Browns. They're our next team up here. Deshaun Watson ranks 30th in EPA per dropback since he got back. He has scrambled just five times in four games, which I think is interesting. Look, it, it's kind of beating a dead horse at this point how poorly Watson has played since he's returned, but it's I think it's important to note like just he's played so, so poorly uh, from a just from a pure player standpoint, obviously there's all, all the other stuff with Watson, but yeah, on-field product has been terrible. Yeah. 5.7 YPA more interceptions than touchdowns. Now he has to go wash into Washington, face that pass rush. Uh, it's been ugly. Don't want to start him in fantasy. And uh, now let's see if an off season can fix him. But yeah, he had a long, a couple years off and it, the rustiness has looked dramatic. It's looked really, really bad. It's noticeable. You look at their offense, all the nerd stats, um, uh, EPA per drive, EPA per game, which Jacoby Brissett was shockingly pretty decent. And with Watson, it's been bottom barrel. So it's been, it's actually been a dramatic change with the quarterback switch, not just, you know, cosmetic stats. It's really affected the team quite a bit. Yeah. I think he's a weird fit in this offense too, which I, I thought at the time of the trade, I was like, this is not like a, the way he plays and the way he excels is not what you typically want out of like a Kevin Stefanski offense, which really th- thrives with a guy that's going to just keep the train on the tracks like Brissett. 
Did you see that report about uh, who? I forget. Is it DiBatesta? Who is it that's running it? That's that, that wants the that the, the Stefanski's just the the Browns. If you haven't looked at this, look at this afterwards. Supposedly the Browns just want to pass the ball and running the ball for four yards isn't worth anything, no matter the weather. And mm-hmm. um, it's just a real interesting, I guess, inside report that Stefanski's just job security safe as long as he just deals with whatever the uh, the people the, the the people above him are, are calling the shots. And Chubb is also dealing with a foot injury. He just came out and said that he will play through over the rest of the season, but that's clearly affected his performance. Looking yeah. back on it, yikes! Uh, not great stuff there for the Cleveland Browns right now. Um, Raiders next team up here. I, my stat for the Raiders was Josh Jacobs two point nine three yards per carry was his lowest yards per carry in any game since Week fourteen of last year. But the big news we got that I had wrote this on the outline that we were on Jarrett Stidham watch for Week seventeen as we wow. are recording. Dalton breaking news: Derek Carr has been benched. Jarrett Stidham is taking over as the starting quarterback versus San Francisco. Obviously, get your thoughts on this, but. Let me just say this. This is clear, like clear as day. They just don't want to pay Derek Carr. There, there's this clear move that obviously they're moving on from Derek Carr next year, and they're just going to bench him these last two games just to not pay his injury guarantees. Because if he gets hurt, he has the guarantees in his contract activate. They would then be stuck with him next year. It's clear as day they will either try to trade or cut Derek Carr in the offseason. Feels I don't know. It feels weird to, to do this to a guy like Derek Carr, who has been a great, I mean, a, a really good player for this franchise. I think that obviously you can get better out of Derek Carr, but you know, you can nitpick the guy all you want, but my God, like he clearly is cares a lot about the team. He's come out in press conferences this year. feels pretty shady. Just benching for a guy like Jarrett Stidham uh, after this tough scene. Yeah. And this is because if he gets injured in one of the final two games, it guarantees his contract next season. Wow. Um, The spread has jumped to nine and a half at BetMGM. Um, Stidham is quite a downgrade here. Yeah. Carr just seems like the nice, one of the nicest guys in sports and one of the most genuine athletes. Did Devontae Adams know of this possibility? Because this was a possibility. Um, He came here. I mean, uh, oh man, that sucks. It's been so frustrating to be a Raider fan for a decade or in longer. And now this, this is a, a fresh, I know Carr's not a superstar, but man, that's, that's, that's frustrating. That's, that's brutal. I think that, um, well, if you, even if you, if you're Devonte Adams and you knew like the ins and outs of the contract with Derek Carr, you'd think like, Oh, I, I I'm gonna come in here and be so good. We're gonna be so good together. It won't matter. They'll keep him around for the the length of his contract. Um, but I would even bet that like I'm sure Adams didn't realize that. Yeah, he this there was a clear out for this team. That was like talk about that was a cosmetic contract for sure for Derek Carr. Um, it there was all, all these obvious outs in it. Uh, Adam Schefter reports that not only is Jared Stidham going to be the Raiders' new starting quarterback, his backup is now going to be some guy named Chase. Gabers, Gabbers, never heard of him in my life. Derek Carr is going to be inactive on Sunday against your San Francisco 49ers. So, yeah, I'm I'm curious what Devontae Adams thinks of this. I mean, it's all the the whispers have been forming for a while that they will either have Jimmy G or Tom Brady as the Raiders quarterback next year. Obviously, there's a Josh McDaniels connection there. Mm-hmm. A couple, you know, there's a lot of questions you can ask there. So we'll see what happens with the Raiders in the offseason. But for week 17, I mean, what does this do for Josh Jacobs in a tough matchup? What does this do for Devontae Adams in a tough matchup? Adams has been kind of slumping to end the season anyways. 
Yeah, Dana White claims Brady was coming to Vegas and Gruden stepped in yes. at the last second to squash that. So that, yeah, Brady, absolutely. Uh, Josh McDaniel, oh man, this is a disaster. McDaniels exactly. is there and jo no car. And Josh Jacobs is outwardly came out this weekend and said he's as good as gone too. So yeah, this yeah. obviously hurts all Raiders involved. Josh Jacobs is already facing the worst possible matchup, as I mentioned earlier. The Niners haven't allowed any running back to reach even 60 rushing yards in a game this season. So he becomes the uh, borderline benchable with Stidham. Uh, uh, hot take alert: Start your Niners fantasy D. But yeah, no, this is this is not great. I mean, you're, you're starting Adams because he's Devonte Adams. But man, honestly, you're, I'm looking for alternatives with Jacobs. But I mean, he's not the you know he'll still probably rank him startable. But wow, this 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 really hurts his fantasy value big time. Yeah, this is Jared Stidham's first career start. You know, I mean, this is a guy we've seen a little bit of, but. This is a disaster. This is a disaster. Stidham was really bad, man. I tried to talk myself into him when I thought Brady was done a few years ago and looked into him, and a, and a lot of the Patriots coaches were really excited about him. And when he got on the field, it was really, really bad. It wasn't just like a competent. It was like, ooh, this, this he's not it. So, yeah, this maybe I'm wrong. Hopefully I'm wrong, and he's improved. But um, last we saw Stidham, it was a uh, bottom three type of uh, performance. And, uh, yeah, this is, and the reasons they're doing this, I mean, I don't like to look at uh, – you know, anecdotal things like that, but the locker room can't be super happy with this shenanigans. I mean, we're benching a guy over financial reasons. We're benching our, our quarterback. I mean, are they really going to go out there and like try their, oh, that's a, that's a, it's a messed up situation. Yeah. Just, it again, it feels weird to do for, I, I definitely think that Derek Carr, you can, you could do better than Carr. You could do a lot worse than Carr, but you could do a lot better. Um, and do you want to commit like, I would totally understand if in the off season they're like, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna trade Carr, or we're gonna we're you have to cut him, you have to eat the eat the money, whatever. I would get that, but I don't know, benching him just to just to avoid like the injury guarantees for a guy that's been a a, a great steward of the franchise too, like who's who's clearly does care a lot, and I know that doesn't go, you know, there's it's still a performance-based business and his performance is is what it is. Like I think he's an average to slightly above average starting quarterback, but man, yeah, it just feels feels weird and I agree with you. I, I'm interested to see what the uh what the locker room thinks of of this whole thing too. Just one other quarterback uh update too. Uh we talked about Trace McSorley earlier. Uh we probably won't have to watch him again. Colt McCoy has cleared the concussion protocol is expected to start on Sunday versus the Falcons according to Adam Schefter. All right. New Orleans Saints their Week 17 opponent, the Philadelphia Eagles, have allowed the 12th fewest rushing yards per game since Week 12, the third best rushing success rate. We know the Eagles have spent a lot of time, a lot of resources, trying to fix that uh, rush defense that was a big problem earlier this year. They're starting to go in the right direction. How much does that affect Alvin Kamara, who finally had a big game last week? Yeah, it's flipped. The first half of the year, they were uh, past funnel, and then, or, then it's totally gone reverse when they've added uh, the big bodies up the middle in Philly, they're a harder team to run against. And conversely, they become an easier team to pass against. And that was before even suffering uh, the the added injuries. Uh, Maddox uh, went down as well as CGJ there. So Kamara, I was down on last week and ended up just taking the Wildcat and it's got all the touches like, you know, possible yeah. in that in that environment. So he produced in fantasy terms. But David Johnson is playing third downs in New Orleans there. And Kamara hadn't been getting any goal line carries at all. It was his first carry inside the five since week eight last week but it did come through there but um i don't know if you have camara i guess you're probably using him but um it's just not a great matchup at all but it's one of those again if you have an alternative don't let the big name you know sway you here like a, a guy like tyler algier or something 
I would strongly consider over Kamara this week or even Josh Jacobs. I mean, Brian Robinson, Tyler Algier, these are names I actually would consider over Kamara in that matchup. Yep, I like that. That's a the good way to look at it. I agree with you. Definitely go with the better projection over a big name there. And you know, Kamara's season just been so weird. And another guy that I think is probably not long for his current team. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we talk about DeAndre Swift. Uh, potentially exciting here this week. We'll see right after this. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. All right, Detroit Lions. This stat comes in from Dave Kluge of Football Guys. DeAndre Swift returned from injury in Week 9 and was extremely limited. Since Week 10, however, he has outtouched Jamal Williams 24-21 to in the red zone. In games where Williams has been unable to score since Week 10, Williams has averaged just 3.7 PPR points per game. Yeah, I'm aware of that, Dave, because Jamal Williams finally slowed down the last couple weeks and I've officially been bounced from my favorite dynasty team that I care so much about uh, because Jamal Williams didn't come through as my RB2. So I'm aware of that, Dave. But there was some talk that like, oh, Williams might miss this week. He got back at practice here on Wednesday. So um, what do you expect from this running back split this week? I was been totally curious about Williams' status for Swift. I, th- I still think you, you still throw him in DFS tournaments this week. The Lions getting the second most yards per play at home this season. I mean, only the Bills are, are getting more, uh, and he's explosive. Uh, but the, obviously, the, the, the usage has been incredibly, incredibly frustrating. Uh, the Bears, have the opponents have the highest run rate against them in the NFL this season. So, um, yeah, I mean, the Lions play so well at home. Like I've called it the Coors Field of the NFL. A lot of points scored there. So the, the mo- this is the highest over-under by far this week. So I like Swift, but of course you're their floor is, is low too. So if you're using him in your fantasy championship, uh, I probably will be in our injury prone one um, against Scott Barrett. So wish me luck there. But um, it's I've gotten that wrong. I've had Jamal Williams on my bench all all year in that league on his three touchdown matchups. So um, <laughs> but uh, we'll see. But I'm I'm not starting Jamal. Oh, Jamal Williams in this matchup too. Yeah, return to practice. Yeah. In my head, I've been just like thinking maybe he's out this week with the. But yeah, if he's back practicing, it's just going to be another mess there. Uh, start him on Ross St. Brown, who just is a monster, especially at home. But yeah, what do you what are your I don't know what are you doing with William Swift? I'm probably playing them both. Um, yeah. If you have them both on the same team, I don't know why you would do that to yourself. Uh, no, I don't I'm know not why doing you that. No. <laughs> yeah, but um, I, I do that think if you have William in that, yeah, I always get it wrong. That's my decision in that. And PPR matters clearly too. That's why I'm always siding with Swift in that one because that's that's the big difference between those two backs. I think I like Swift uh, more than Williams this week for sure. Um, I mean, yeah, Williams just doesn't have a floor if he doesn't score a touchdown. Now, could Williams slam two touchdowns against the Bears? A hundred percent. But I still think even in that scenario, Swift can give you a usable line. Um, and I do agree that he would make for a nice tournament play uh, because like if if things just don't go Williams way, they all go Swift's way like he would definitely have a really high upside in that scenario. Yeah, Williams had his first catch since week eight last week. Aye, aye, aye. Oh, yeah, yeah. Again, you don't have to tell me twice about that one. I'm I'm pretty upset about the Jamal Williams thing the last couple of weeks. So we'll talk about another big back here. Green Bay Packers, Jamal Williams, former team. Uh, A.J. Dillon 
has five rushing touchdowns and has converted 50% of his third down runs in December. Uh, this is a stat I, I mentioned to Eckler yesterday. Aaron Jones, been a little banged up. Like every single series, it seems like he's getting some work on the sideline, clearly not 100%. What are we doing with A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones here this week in, uh, you know, a, it's a good defensive matchup at least. Pat, more pass defense, rush defense against the Vikings. Yeah, the Vikings have been better against running backs for sure than against the pass. Christian Watson's status will matter here. Aaron Jones's health will matter. I mean, if Aaron Jones is inactive, I'm treating A.J. Dillon as my, you know, fourth or fifth ranked fantasy back of the week, um, as is. You're starting him as, you know, uh, RB late or uh, back end RB2 with some upside. He certainly looked better recently, and Jones has been banged up. And, um, yeah, what a big, big-time matchup here. Matters for my 49ers trying to get that two seed. Uh, Alan Lazard would become playable in, in DFS if Watson misses this game. Um, oh, can I, can I defend my uh, Aaron Rodgers choice here? I have to defend it here because I heard you even talking a little trash to Eckler because Purdy scored, what, 1.5 more fantasy points last week? Dude. <laughs> Rodgers threw the ball 16 more times. It was 22 pass attempts to 38, and he had six more rush attempts. Tua gets concussed at halftime, and it totally changes the game. Christian Watson <laughs> leaves at halftime. I mean, that game, I, I, come on, the process there was correct, oh, and I process. stand by that. I know no one wants to hear that bullshit, but I'm sorry. <laughs> Rodgers over Purdy was the right move eight days a week last week, and I'm a BCB guy, obviously, but come on, dude. He had 38 pass attempts to 22 and six more rush attempts lost Watson, and Tua was a different player in the second half. So that's my defense. We can carry on to the next game. <laughs> you, it's a good defense. And I, yeah, the, the process. Yeah, the process is right. It was well, like a point and a half to fantasy, right? Unless you had some crazy scoring. It was very close too, right? In, I mean, mine, was, in right. mine, at least, I'm looking at it, the league. I actually made the decision to start Rodgers over Purdy. Um, I'm not, it wouldn't have. By the way, I shouldn't be complaining. It wouldn't help me win anyways. But Rodgers had 17.7 and Purdy had 22.3. I could have at okay, least made fine. it a little more respectable. Okay. Would have been nice right. if McCaffrey could do a little more than 13 points in the I don't know. I'm nobody or how about Diggs? I mean Diggs. Oh, we'll talk about it later. Oh my God. It's been it's been brutal. Just all the guys I've counted on all year long. Let me down at the end. What a what a tough scene for me. Nobody cares. That's what nobody cares about, Dalton. You could say the <laughs> process stuff all you want. Nobody cares about my fantasy problems. Uh, but yes, the Rogers thing, it did, it did cost me. It did cost me. Sorry. <laughs> it's not your fault. It's not He's gonna bounce back with a monster game this week, too. He's better at home. Vikings secondary shootout. Like, watch, yeah. Now he's gonna put up a, a bit his by far his best. It wouldn't take a lot, but his best fantasy game of the season. <laughs> This will be the week he goes over 300 and, and you know, no. like two two touchdowns or so. Well, hey, my mom's still counting on him as a Jalen Hurts replacement oh, nice. Dalton. So if you're right, nice. then and I'd rather you I'd rather you be right for her than right for me. That's what that's what really matters here, Dalton. That's what really matters. All right. Jacksonville Jaguars, potential AFC South champions here. Uh, Trevor Lawrence ranks fifth in passing yards since week 12 he has an 11 to one touchdown to interception ratio. Um, I, I just was curious, obviously, about we and we kind of talked about this already with the motivation of Jacksonville here. Um but this is a pretty good spot still for Trevor Lawrence, even if the passing defense for Houston has been good of late. It only comes down to uh, motivate, yeah, playing for me. Peterson says that they are going to play, so I'll take him for his word. Originally, I kind of lowered Lawrence in, with concern there, but dude put up a top 10 fantasy QB performance against Jacksonville. Didn't have to pass a lot with his legs, and he's just throwing so well. Uh, man, he's he's a superstar, and I can't wait to draft him in all my fantasy leagues next year. I mean, it's it just comes down to, will he play four quarters this week is the only question, that, and none of us, we're all guessing. You know, Your guess is as good as mine. Yeah, third best in adjusted yards per attempt, third best EPA per dropback in this span as well. Behind 
two luminaries, Jared Goff and Sam Darnold in that stat. So there you go. Uh, all right. New England Patriots, Ramondre Stevenson's 33 yards from scrimmage last week were his fewest since week one this year, if you throw out the Arizona game when he got hurt. Uh, also had a late game fumble. You know, that's something that's always a little concerning with Patriots backs, but it would be pretty crazy for them to go away from Ramondre uh, in this week. But yeah, obviously coming off a poor performance from last week. Crazy up and down last couple of weeks. It looked a week before it looked like he was going to he sat out the first uh, drive. The announcers are like uh, Patriots are hopefully hoping to get a few touches out of him. Then he ends up being I he led the league in rushing 172 rushing yards. And then on the opposite spectrum last week, yeah, disaster. Uh, he had a drop too late, but that lost fumble cost him a game in which they nearly won despite not entering uh, Cincinnati. Didn't, they didn't run one play in Cincinnati territory until the fourth quarter. It was 185 yards to 10 at halftime. And New England, it, allow, it still is allowing the fewest yards per play at home this season. So what an impressive first half from the Bengals. That was just a weird second half. But um, the Patriots did not deserve that win in that game. But, but Stevenson quickly, uh, Belichick has come out and out of his way and said, nothing you could have done on that fumble. He protected it both hands. It was punched out. You know, it's just one of those things. So, again, I'll take him for his word. And I don't expect him to be punished for anything. Because I mean, Stevenson's been generally their most reliable player on offense all season long. Yeah, 100%. It means a lot when Belichick comes out and says that because he's not like normally who, you know, as Scott always says, you can barely get uh, Belichick to admit there's a game this week. Uh, so, yeah, that's a good one from uh, for Stevenson there. That makes you feel a little bit better. All right. Next one up here. Mike White, New York Jets, is averaging 43 pass attempts per game. I told you that's this morning that if you like extrapolate the non-Zach Wilson games over a full 15-game season, uh, like obviously we played 15 games so far, the Jets would have well over 700 pass attempts on the year, which is pretty crazy because of how conservative they play when Wilson gets in there. Yeah, the pass rate over expectation just flips completely. Uh, I'll add Garrett Wilson with Mike White this season is averaging 10 targets, more than 110 receiving yards. That would be the number three PPR receiver uh, per game. So uh, it's a tough matchup, though. Seattle's secondary, it, they're good. They're good. But so is Magic Mike White. So this I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, and I mean... We'll, skip, we'll just skip ahead to the Seahawks and, and we'll come back to Pittsburgh in a second. I don't think anybody will miss them. Um, but uh, Seattle, Geno Smith ranks 21st in EPA per dropback since week 10. Uh, he was 28th among quarterbacks last week. Like, I I feel like Mike White, even if the defensive matchup isn't that clean, like they're definitely, you definitely would rather run on the Seahawks more than you want to pass on the Seahawks if you're talking about just from a matchup standpoint. However, because the Seahawks offense has been so stuck in the mud and their run game has been terrible, even with Ken Walker back there, their run game has been so uh, inefficient as well. Like the fact that the Jets, I, I would pick the Jets to win this game. Uh, I think they'll be in positive game script for most of it. Um, I, I feel like that's probably good news for Mike White as well. Tyler Lockett injury definitely has hurt uh, Geno Smith, uh, as you pointed out to Ben. Another Selleck. one I'm feeling uh, on my team should... that you all don't care about as well. <laughs> As you pointed out to Ben Solak's uh, wide receiver rankings, he was too low. Lockett underrated, man. He's really, really good. Um, yeah. And uh, they miss him when he's not on the field, especially Marquise Goodwin gets out. You know, he left injured too briefly, I believe. Um, so, yeah, it uh, should be a fun matchup. I'm not, I don't know which way to lean on that one. But uh, Geno's definitely not quite playing up to the way he was earlier in the season. And it'd be big if you could get Lockett back. I still think they should franchise Gino and like roll him back next year because he's been he's still been very good even if the EPA per dropback so that that can be like that's not just a quarterback stat it just you know, shows that the offense hasn't been firing on all cylinders I think part of that is because the run game has stumbled and I also think obviously 28th last week that's 
that's what happens when you lose Tyler Lockett and you're playing like Laquan Treadwell and Marquise Goodwin and these like goofballs, right, uh, at wide receiver. So I, I just hope for Geno's sake that um, he can get Lockett back. That would be great. It would make a big difference. And, yeah, I mean, Lockett's one of the best receivers in the NFL. Guy's a stud. Um, Deontay Johnson. Speaking of Solak's rankings that I, I commented on yesterday, mm-hmm. I was surprised and pleasantly surprised that he still had Deontay Johnson so high because I'm a big Deontay Johnson fan. However, as you point out in the outline, most receptions in a single season without a touchdown all time. Number one, Deontay Johnson with 82. Raymond Barry, who I don't even know who that is, is 75 <laughs> at number two. Yeah, we couldn't come up with any other stats. I know you like Johnson, so you'd probably hate this stat too, but it's meaningless. He'll score, whatever. We see this happen. Miles Sanders scored zero times, and it's a running back receiver, but last year, now he's scoring at will this year. So uh, whatever. It's just a, a funny oddity, although Pittsburgh needs to figure out his quarterback position for the future, obviously. Uh, yeah, I mean, I couldn't come up with anything on the Steelers, so I left I left the door open for you to put this painful Deontay stat in there. But I mean, this is path- I mean that offense is pathetic. Yeah, I'll say Fryermuth maybe is healthy. He went back and yes. produced last week, so fire him back up. But yeah, it's wild how many catches and targets Deontay Johnson has seen without hitting pay dirt. Oh, pathetic. What a pathetic offense that is. All right, speaking of pathetic offenses, let's get back ahead to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here. No quarterback gets rid of the ball faster than Tom Brady this year, 2.3 seconds. Uh, Dalton, he got rid of the ball 1.88 seconds uh, on Sunday. That is ridiculous. Like, all this stuff about Mike Evans, like, oh, Mike Evans, Tom Brady, not on the same page. Like, yeah, no kidding. Nobody's running around down the field at 1.88 seconds. That's why Chris Godwin's average depth of target is, like, six or whatever. It's... You know, I definitely think there's been talk with Brady this year about, oh, you know, he's, he's still throwing the ball pretty well. I mean, I guess, man, but when you are so, uh, like, you are so don't want to get hit, you're so, uh, you know, hit averse, whatever, this is what the offense looks like. And this is, re- I mean, it's pathetic uh, what the, that offense is, has devolved to. And I think that Tom Brady has to wear some of the blame for that because he does. And I get it. I wouldn't want to get hit. I don't want to get hit either. When I was 45 years old. I sure as hell wouldn't want to get hit. But now this offensive line, this problem with Brady, it's it's compounding itself. It also feels like the offense starts waking up when they go into hurry up late mode. Yeah. I almost like they should try to do a little bit more up tempo earlier. Not in a good games. year for the coaching staff there. Todd Horrible Bowles and, and, and Byron Leftwich. Yeah, really bad. I'm going to read you some Mike Evans tweets that I uh, came across the last couple of days. Uh, do you have just to? for you, Harmon? Uh, Mike Evans is averaging more targets, catches, and yards per game than he did in 2020 or 2021. Yes. Pretty wild, right? Mike Evans yes. never went more than two games without a touchdown during the 2020 and 2021 seasons. He's now aware. gone 11 straight games. One final one for you. Evans is averaging 6.8 fantasy points in his last seven games. That would rank as the wide receiver 64 in points per games on the year. So, yeah, that's, uh, I guess, that touchdown regression, as we're talking about there, that hit him uh, massively here. You want an update on our Gabe Davis, Mike Evans bet? <laughs> Let's hear it, yes. So outrageous. Mike Evans, wide receiver 26 with 143.2 half PPR points. Gabe Davis, wide receiver 27 with 142.2 half point PPR points. I mean, neck and neck, a couple of dust balls there. So funny. We didn't even litigate if his does it count at the end of this week or the end of the final week either. So, uh, well, well, oh, Andy and I did litigate that, and it was uh, behind your back. We litigated that, and we decided week 18 would be for the best because, uh, you know, the Falcons uh, are Mike Evans' week 18. (laughs) I love it. Okay, fair, (laughs) Uh, fair, but fair. Yeah, okay, who cares? Nice, yeah, yeah, totally. 
Yeah, disaster. Yeah, exactly. Absolute Embarrassing. Disaster. Leonard Fournette got 30 opportunities last week, despite apparently playing with the torn foot and Rashad White being healthy. He missed out on that touchdown catch, but man, you see, he Fournette. deleted that tweet like that. Though. He did. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, Lenny. Lenny got that one out of there fast. Yeah, yeah, I know it's concerning uh, if that's true, if you're going to like, you know, rely on him this weekend. But after that many opportunities, you have to. Brady just loves, loves, loves throwing to his running backs. Yeah, he loves, loves, loves throwing his running backs so he doesn't get hit. I mean, it, it's it's not good, man. And I mean, I hope he loves that Raiders offensive line that we've seen so far this year. That should be a real treat uh, for for old Tom Brady next year. Um, another team, I think, being on the Tom Brady business next year, Washington. Uh, the Commanders are putting Carson Wentz back at quarterback. I mean, whatever. Who cares? Um, the interesting one for me here is Brian Robinson, uh, who was averaging 5.9 yards per carry the three games prior to week 16, where he obviously averaged 2.8 yards per carry and was yet another running back to fall below 60 yards against your San Francisco 49ers. He had like 58 with 12 minutes left, but then the lopsided score just uh, he uh, exited the game mostly. Uh, love Robinson this week. Opponents have the third highest run rate when facing Cleveland over the last three weeks. They've given up the third most fantasy points to running backs, the most EPA per rush. Uh, yeah, Deshaun Watson's struggles should help game script here, too. I, yeah, I mean, I Gibson may miss this game. So is it Jonathan Williams, yep, actually? Uh, yeah, Jonathan Williams actually may be, uh, get some touches here. But yeah, I really like Robinson. A guy with Robinson who doesn't uh, see the catches, game script is more dependent on him. And uh, I think this one sits, fits well for him. I like it. So I, I like Robinson this week. Although, you know, you don't love Carson Wentz situation, I guess, coming back. But I guess I didn't move the line either way. So what does it matter there? Yeah. I, you know, shout out to ODU's finest, but I, I don't think it really makes a big difference at this point. It, it might make a difference for like, um, you know, Scott pointed out on the recap show, how upset Curtis Samuel was, uh, you know, when he seemingly, when he caught his touchdown, he's like, you know, it actually seemed upset. He's like, well, yeah. Cause he probably knows he's going to have to play with Carson Wentz, but I mean, Wentz does throw the ball to Samuel an awful lot. Uh, there, there is no doubt about that. Uh, conversely, only saw one. Dotson only saw one target after uh, Wentz came back in the game, or eight were before Heineke got benched. He was getting like nine point two YPA against the Niners anyway. But turnovers. Uh, Do- Dotson had the seventy-five yard near touchdown earlier in that game. Um, it was a nice setup because the Niners have by far the highest pass rate against them in San Francisco, and you can't run on them. Um, but but what Dotson looks good, man. I know you love McLaurin. Um, I know you guys joked about how everyone's going to say Dotson's the guy to target next year, but um, man, I said in my column, I think there's a real, real chance Dotson just outscores McLaurin moving forward oh, in fantasy. Wow. I mean, he he looks awesome, and he gets all those red zone zone looks. He looks he looks the real deal, man. Put that one, put that bet on the ledger right now for next year. Uh, yeah, <laughs> okay. put that oh, one right. Oh, there. we'll put, do it. Yeah, we'll oh, do for it. Sure. Let's do it. All right, cool. Okay, uh, I'll right. definitely. I love I love Dotson too, but yeah, I I'm, I will not be going against Scary Terry okay. Okay. Uh, with Tom Brady at quarterback next year. Hope it's. Hope it's <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Probably Derek Carr. There's there's Derek Carr's next team, Washington. I think that's another. I mean, just distressed assets. Ron Rivera just taking in distressed assets there. Yeah. Sam Howell. Sam Howell. <laughs> Sam Allen. Sam Allen. He's sitting right okay. there on the roster. Again, you heard it here when I told you six months ago and he hasn't seen the field yet. But uh, still, I'm going to stick with my Sam Howell is the, is the future in Washington. You and my dad. My dad brings up Sam Howell like every week to me. And I was like, Dad, nobody cares about UNC quarterbacks. Okay. Except this Drake May guy might be good. Your mom's in her fantasy championship. Your dad's a smart talent evaluator at quarterback. I like it. <laughs> What, where, where did I go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Yeah, what, what happened, happened to me? I, I don't know. I fell very far from that tree. <laughs> very, very far from the tree. All right. Um, Miami Dolphins, next team up here. Pretty much like look, pretty much looking like Teddy Bridgewater is going to start this week, obviously, with Tua suffering another concussion. The NFL 
PA and NFL are opening another investigation, the whole thing. So um, Teddy Bridgewater averages 9.0 yards per attempt in games where he threw more than five passes because he had those one, that one game where he threw one pass, was immediately out of there, had another two pass, zero completion attempt uh, game there. Um, you pointed out that Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle lead the NFL in yards per route run among guys with 50-plus targets, according to Ian Harditz. But um, what's your expectation if Teddy Bridgewater gets in there? Yeah, I know you don't love the yards per route run stat, but that's just wild. I know I mean, it's, it's a rate it's a rate stat, but only one of those receivers can get a yard when they're, they're running routes it's at the same time. Nuts, yeah. So that's pretty impressive. Um, uh, yeah, so New England, as I said, has allowed the fewest yards per play still to even after that Bengals game at home this season. Um, so I'm benching the, the the backfield duo, Miami, Mostert and Wilson, yeah. and obviously not Hill or Waddle. They're so good. But um, yeah, interesting that Bridgewater, I love YPA. That's pretty impressive so far this year. The system, obviously, there. And he's been and he's able to practice, you know, all week preparing to start. So um, yeah, I could see him in a in a pinch and super flex, but in that matchup, uh, Bridgewater, I don't have as a top 12 fantasy QB, but um it's possible I, he he goes out there with those weapons and produces just like Tua and does put up top 10 stats. Totally possible. I think that's completely within the range of outcomes. And, you know, I'm, I don't want to bag on Tua, obviously, for what he's going through right now. Um, but I'm just interested to see in, like, the like what is the replacement level of a quarterback with the Dolphins and, like, what can any – like, a, a competent – Teddy Bridgewater is more than competent quarterback. Like, he's probably right below that starter threshold, really, really good backup sure. threshold. So I, I'm curious to see what he does in this offense for sure. Um, New York Giants, next team up here. Isaiah Hodgins leads the team with three end zone targets since week 13. He ranks second in air yard share and target share um, to two different players. I believe Richie James leads the team in target share and then uh, Darius Slayton in air yard share. But, uh, man, I got a bunch of people ask me about Isaiah Hodgins. Haven't put him through the reception perception lens, let me tell you that. But uh, the production is interesting there for Hodgins. Yeah, you feel like this week with the Colts traveling, short week, outdoors, it should be a big Barkley week, theoretically. But um, And then there's other receivers there. So I don't love using any Giants receivers personally in, this week in Fantasy Championship. Yeah. Colts have actually been pretty good against opposing wide receivers fantasy, too. So uh, expect a Barkley week. And Jones gets his because he spreads it around and then he runs. Daniel. So, um, yeah, it could have been uh, an even bigger week last week. But, um, yeah, I like the way he's playing. And Barkley looks healthier than he has in a while the last two weeks. So yeah, I don't, I don't love the receivers here, but Hodgins out of nowhere is definitely uh, had his moments. Whereas uh, Richie James cost Daniel Jones so many yards last week, a couple just bad drops left a lot of yeah. yards on the field last week. But, um, but yeah, I'd love to see Daniel Jones with actual, uh, with better receivers next year. Yeah. I think you're going to get a chance to, I feel like he's going to come back to the giants. I do hope they've got to work out like some kind of, short deal because I feel like they kind of have to franchise tag Saquon Barkley. Um, but yeah, no, I, I feel like Daniel Jones have play, has played well enough for me to think like, yeah, they bring him back on some sort of short deal and continue to try to figure it out um, and, and go from there. All right. Chargers. We mentioned the defense earlier. They've allowed the fewest yards per game since week 14. Obviously, obviously the Nick Foles thing last week helps, but um, and Malik Willis before that. And Malik Willis before that. That's obviously all part of it. But, I mean, Ryan Tannehill got hurt in that game, though, and, and came back. They they played well, though. They, they're looking better, for sure. They are um, in the Rams. I mean, last week notwithstanding, it's a pretty good matchup. So, I mean, so make, how much can Mayfield do here? What would Higby come from? But, um, yeah, no, the, the Chargers defense is definitely playing better. It'll be interesting to see if they can continue with uh, against the Rams team. Coming off a really good performance, you know, I mean, Mayfield was in there just running the offense and the, the running game even got going. So, the Chargers run defense has been a weak spot. So, that'll be uh, curious to see the matchup there, Akers versus them. Yeah. 
um, feel like they can't really expect much from the past game with Baker Mayfield. But I do love seeing Sean McVay like kind of back against the wall, seeing what he's got going here with the whole Mayfield thing. And I yeah, he could have checked him. out. They said he may be done for the year. You know, and he's yeah. they're way competitive, dropping a 50 burger during the Nickelodeon game. I mean, yeah, totally. I, I was impressed with that. I've heard you say in the pod, too, that you were upset at people, you know, questioning his coaching ability. Oh, I just I, I just hope he comes back next year. Like, I, I really think it's cool to see. I always like to see coaches like forced into these type of situations and what they produce out of it. And obviously what he's done with, look, I'm not expecting Sean McVay to go out there, any NFL coach to go out there and like make a high quality offense with damn Bryce Perkins or whatever. But like with Mayfield in there, who's again, sort of, I don't think he's a starting quarterback, but I think he's probably like a backup level quarterback. And and Mayfield's definitely outkicked my expectations with LA too. So yeah, I, I just think it's cool to see coaches put in this position. Yeah, no, good for Mayfield. Happy, nice to see that. Actually, I'm surprising. He's very, very, very confident play for sure. Uh, Baltimore Ravens. Next one up here. I feel like such an idiot for getting in on J.K. Dobbins so hard uh, last week. While Dobbins does lead the NFL among running backs in EPA per rush since Week 13, he's also only played 30 percent of the snaps in that span. And he was not a big fantasy guy last week against uh, the Falcons in a good matchup because he's splitting this backfield with Gus Edwards. Yeah, the problem, well, it's threefold. No targets and yeah. even split with, with Edwards. And Huntley's is might be terrible, as we said last week, and it's really crushing the offense. So, And now throw in a, ba- a bad matchup against the Steelers, and you certainly don't want to be relying on Dobbins in your fantasy championship if possible. Yeah, no, you do not. Uh, next one up here, Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow's averaging 6.6 yards per attempt the last three weeks. His four picks, one fumble in that span. I believe he recovered that fumble, but... He was averaging 8.3 yards per attempt in the four games prior to these last three weeks. Um, you know, it's, I don't think this matters a ton, but it is interesting going into a big matchup against the Bills on Monday night. Yeah, Burrow's been a big road, home road split guy. It's almost a whole yard and a half. He gets better at home throughout his career. A couple tough matchups last two weeks in Tampa Bay in New England. Um, wow, he has not been sacked more than two times in a game since October. So he's really curtailed that. And over that three-game span, he's still thrown nine TDs. So Burrow's the man. He's absolutely awesome. And like I said, at halftime last week, he's, he's lighting up the Patriots in New England with a tough defense. So I know they had suffered some secondary injuries. But um, no, I think this should be a, a real fun game uh, Monday night watching uh, you know, Burrow, Burrow versus Allen. All right, next team up, San Francisco 49ers. Dalton, what do you got for this uh, this random NFL team? All right, let's talk some Niners. Um, The 49ers have held a lead on a league high, 55.7% of their offensive snaps this season, Harmon, um, since Brock Purdy has taken over. Uh, Yards per route run leader, number one, Waddle. Number two, George Kittle. Um, It's just crazy, man. Since 1950, uh, quarterbacks who've had 100-plus passer rating in each of their first three starts with multiple TDs is Brock Purdy and Dan Marino. He wears number 13 because his dad loved Dan Marino. Mm. Pretty cool story. You can't make this up. Um, He's one of a very few rookies to win his first three starts. And by the way, Jay Glazer did come out and say what I have been saying I think has happened. He says a guy played with a torn oblique on that Thursday night game. Uh, Claims he's uh, feeling a lot better now. Uh, Since 2020, here are the players who have thrown a touchdown pass of 30-plus air yards for the 49ers. Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, Christian McCaffrey, and C.J. Beathard. Notice that Jimmy G is not, not on that list. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so uh, Niners are... Uh, now there is feel- Andy Barron's favorite player, Nick Mullins. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. So anyway, Brock Purdy feeling good um, uh, as a Niner fan that he's able to step in and do this. Um, kind of waiting for um, 
for the other shoe to drop, and now they get a, a Raiders team without without Carr here. So uh, fighting for the two spot. But Brock Purdy, what a story. Yeah, we're still in on BCB this week in a good match, but I think the car part of it makes it even more likely that the 49ers continue that, that, that snaps with the lead uh, situation there against this Raiders team that is clearly, I mean, this 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 is the most like, yeah, we're, we're done with this year move you could possibly make here for the Raiders. So I think the Niners are in a good spot again. Ooh, I got plus 950 on uh, Bosa to win defensive player of the year. So I'm pretty pumped about that one. So that one, he looks oh, like a pretty well. Look, I feel like you might good. drill Jared Stidham into the dirt a couple of times this week. So uh, I think that's uh, a pretty good one by he's you. He's a beast. He's a beast. Love it. All right. Uh, I guess I only put this next one on the outline to twist the knife into myself here. Stefan Diggs has been targeted on 16% of his routes the last two weeks. That's a similar range with the great Gabe Davis. Uh, meanwhile, Diggs ranked eighth among all pass catchers in targets per route run in weeks one through 14. Oh, yeah, just bad timing for a little slump here for Stefan Diggs, but I don't think it really matters going forward. Yeah, I'm not making anything of it whatsoever. Just horrible timing. Exactly right. Uh, you know, benefited them from running a lot last week, but um, I, he could blow up in a big game Monday night. But yeah, just just frustrating that he happened to, to coincide that with the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, frustrating for me. Frustrating for me. That's the big thing here. Um, uh, James Cook, by the way, I feel like he's getting more and more work, getting more and more trust. Uh, I like him as a potential play in uh, the Monday night game against the Bengals. Yeah, both the man, there's just so many yards before contact against the Bears, but both uh, him and Singletary. But it looks like a completely even split there. Yeah, I don't know who's going to get more carries in a given week, but Cook has definitely looked good too, for sure. Uh, speaking of backfield splits, uh, KC, Kansas City Chiefs. Pacheco outsnapped McKinnon in week 16, 15 touches to eight for Jarek McKinnon uh, for Isaiah Pacheco. So um, McKinnon had clearly been the guy going into this week, but uh, we do know that this backfield is going to kind of move and shake a little bit week by week. Yeah, I get it wrong each week. I think I did videos Pacheco two weeks ago, then McKinnon, but McKinnon at least had that really nice touchdown where he earned yeah. that after making that catch. Uh, quiet game from Juju last week too, just whatever. It's a weird offense with Kansas City, but um, you're 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 probably using uh definitely using McKinnon and PPR. You're probably rolling with Pacheco, but um, because they both exist, you know, it just limits both of their upsides, and it's tough to predict which one's going to go off in a given week. Yeah, I mean, McKinnon had those two monster weeks back to back RB one performances, one, but. Yeah. A lot of that is touchdown base, the reception stuff as well. That really, really helps. But um, yeah, I mean, they're playing a checked out Denver team that's got the like game day decision head coach who wasn't even with the team uh, as the interim head coach. So yeah, a couple things. Yeah, they just gave up embarrassed on TV, you know, 50 points to the Rams. But also the dead cap bounce does exist sometimes with quarter with coaches changes. But maybe the Russell Wilson factor trumps that. And that's what the, the problem is. So. Yeah, but, I, you know, and it's crazy. Uh, Randy Mueller, former NFL GM, pointed this out, that now we've got two head coaches, two interim coaches in Jeff Saturday and this Jerry Rossberg guy that have taken over teams that they were not with, like, to start the season. Like, this guy was brought in in week four or whatever to help Nathaniel Hackett game day decisions, and now he's the interim head coach. I guess they offered the job to Giro Evero, but, Giro Evero, but he passed on it, the defensive coordinator there, um, which – it makes sense for a lot of reasons, uh, not the least of which that Evero was the best man at Nathaniel Hackett's wedding. I think they were the best mans at each other's wedding. So it's like, do I really want to take the job after they just ousted my best friend? I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's weird. It's a weird situation, obviously, with the whole Rossberg thing as the interim head coach. But I um, feel like the Chiefs should stomp the Broncos this week. Yep, absolutely. They're, 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 I think they're getting the most yards per play in the past four or five years 
uh, the season they lost Terry Kill. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is such the slam dunk MVP. It's it's by a mile. Yeah, he should be at least like, come on, give me a break here. He absolutely has to be the MVP this year. It's been awesome. All right, Minnesota Vikings. TJ Hawkinson ranks second on the team with a 24% target per route run rate the last three weeks. Hawkinson really, I don't know, it's it's funny like some of his bigger games were with the Lions from a fantasy perspective, but I do think he is starting to add that dimension to the offense that they wanted here over the last few weeks. Yeah, help me reach the fantasy championship in our league together. Monster game last week. What a beast. And I like the fact that it hasn't hurt Justin Jefferson's production at all. And uh, Vikings should be throwing actual underdogs in uh, Green Bay. Wild that they continue to win every single one-score game. Um, and they, they, they had a chance last week going up seven points to go for two and to go up nine points and, and end the game. They didn't, so then it required them to make a 61-yard field goal at the buzzer. Um, shaky coaching decisions, but they keep getting getting W's. I actually wanted to say this about the Vikings. Uh, you know, yeah, whatever. They might be semi, you could consider them a fraud, like a point differential, but you, you could just run hot in the playoffs very easily yeah. too. And 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 part of this whole one score thing earlier in the year is them getting out to big leads. You know, they deserve, you know, then letting teams come back. And when they do get behind, it feels like they obviously they can just pulled off the greatest comeback too. So I don't know, man. I mean, of course they don't look nearly as good as the the Eagles, but uh, their resume. But um, they continue to get it done, and this should be an interesting one. I'm a Packer fan this week because I'd love to. Of course, you got to win that first game, and I'm not taking anything for granted. But um, love to have two to to sit at Levi's two times uh, to watch playoff games, and and that that's huge here in this in this Vikings game. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Justin Jefferson is good enough to take over games and win a couple playoff matches in a row to get to a Super Bowl. Like that's a hundred. Like he's a hundred percent good enough to do that. Kirk Cousins, I think, has started to kind of sort of round into form. Um, Hawkinson rounding into form as well. Um, there's obviously a lot going against the Vikings as well, but I think also from just kind of a um, just from just from a coaching standpoint, I, I get that they've definitely some questionable decisions, but I, I would keep an eye on the whole um, Kevin O'Connell thing, like with the resting starters, like how much can the Vikings really improve their seating? I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, well, I'm telling you a second, pl- the, the round two playoff game will be in Minnesota or against the Niners. That's, that's what it matters. Right. That yeah. That's what I'm saying is like, but do they like, how much does he value that? Right. The, the right. second, you know, this it's, it's one game, whatever versus like keeping guys healthy because typically guys from that Rams tree have, have valued like resting starters, stuff like that. So, um, I, but I think they'd still probably want to beat the Packers and like, you know, End that nonsense there, not see them in the playoffs, that whole thing. At least I know that's probably what their fan base would want. So, all right, last team up here before we talk about Thursday night. I, again, I don't know why I just keep uh, just putting guys on here that are on my fantasy teams that, that have just punched me in the gut the last couple of weeks. But Miles Sanders, minus 0.23 EPA per rush the last two weeks, is tied with Dave Montgomery for the worst among running backs with 30 carries. Been a rough two weeks, set of two weeks here for Miles Sanders, but uh, I think we could still get a bounce back here before the season ends. I use him as one of my conviction picks. I know it was a tough, mm. a rough game last week against Dallas, but he saw 21 carries in Minshew's first start, and that was a thesis. He's going to get more work without Hurts taking a dozen of the carries. Um, and it's going to be like that again this week, it sounds like. So, yeah, the Eagles are touchdown favorites in this matchup. you got to like the games, the possibility of a favorable game script. Sanders is getting 5.1 yards per carry and averaging a touchdown per game at home this season. The Eagles have one of the highest implied team totals. Lane Johnson's injury definitely hurts. Um, yes, but, man, uh, Sanders has the second most red zone carries over the last month, and that was with Hurts playing. So, 
yeah, more targets would be nice, but you like the game, the possibility of a good game script here. And again, 21 carries last week. I mean, he's going to get more work with, with, with Minshew in there. And Minshew's capable of moving the offense into scoring position. So, yeah, I really like Sanders this week. Yeah. I I'm I think I'm with you there. I, I like Sanders as a bounce back guy in a good game. I mean, hey, the Eagles beat the Saints. That only improves their own draft position, you know, because they have the Saints' first round pick. No, that they know about it. No, that's 100 percent incentive for them to, to twofold to 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 win that because they don't have the number one seed locked either. Um, but yeah, the EP. I'm looking at who his last two opponents. That's pretty bad facing. Yeah, the Bears before the the the, the Cowboys. But I expect a bounce back. It's the two fumbles, too. That really obviously yeah. affects your EPA from like a rushing standpoint. So uh, Great yeah. point. Yes. yes. Uh, all right. Thursday Night Football. We got to talk about it. Cowboys, 10-point road favorites in Tennessee against the Titans. Probably because, dude, Malik Willis. I can't. I, I don't do a lot of like quarterback scouting, whatever. I can't believe that there was like first-round pick hype on this Malik Willis guy. I mean, he's exciting. I get it. Like, I'm sure he was supposed to be a project, but... Malik Willis has yet to throw for 100 yards in a game, and he's run for over 40 yards once. Now, there's certainly criticism of the coaching staff. I know Todd Downing has taken some questions about it from the media. Like, why don't you do any, like, RPO stuff? Why don't you do anything to sort of accentuate, like, Malik Willis's athleticism? But this is a problem when you take, like, a project quarterback in the third round, and you kind of have to make him your backup quarterback. But they can't run the same offense there with Malik Willis. So, I mean, disaster spot here for the Titans, too, because there's a lot of talk that they might rest Derrick Henry this week to get him healthy for week 18, which is a probably a win and in AFC South matchup there with the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. But um, my God, dude, we might get Malik Willis throwing to goofballs with no Derrick Henry on Thursday night this week. All right, a couple things to unpack. First of all, what about last week when you asked for my over-under on Henry and I said 125, 124.5 yards and he drops a 126. I got to say, note that that was pretty shout close there. Uh, shout out to me, exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, man, I, now... I will now give myself a hard time. Uh, as a Niners fan, I was like, oh, no, the Seahawks are going to end up with Malik Willis. How is the league letting him fall this far? You know, the second to the last, uh, the, in the, the end of the second round. Oh, no. And now, of course, the Seahawks are going to end up with Caleb Williams a year from now. You watch. But Malik Willis has been, there's a reason that the talent evaluators let him fall into the late third round. It's been pretty brutal. He's raw. Um, and the, the big thing for fantasy managers here is, yeah, Derek Henry and Tony Pollard's status in games without incentive. So that I mean that's that is the absolute key here. Could be a in a short week they might rest Pollard and it'll be a big game for 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 Elliott and even Malik Davis possibly. And then if you're sitting Henry, hopefully we get some clarity. Uh, Son Haskins in your DFS lineup and even your flex uh, option becomes a, a flex possibility. And you want to avoid any pass catcher in, uh, on Tennessee. That's for sure. Yeah, I can't. I can't like remember a less appealing passing game in fantasy. Like in in all all the years I've been doing this, because Willis like just can't throw right now. And like these guys, I mean, I know Traylon Burks is you know first round pick, whatever. But like these guys can't play right now. And and at the receiver room, Willis had the lowest uh passing prop, uh, 125 uh passing yards last week over under of all time since they started. He didn't even that. get close. Not even close. The four, like the four lowest of all time were all last week because of the yeah. weather. But Willis, I think, had more to do, not so much with the weather, actually. But um, And he didn't come close. Exactly. A little bit of both. Yeah, didn't even come close. So, yeah, it's ugly. But hopefully we get clarity on both backfield situations because that's that's what's key here. I guess in the past, there's been precedent where um, Tennessee has sat Henry yeah, in a meaningless game. So they have done done that before. So I know there's like a 6% chance of them. or, or I, I forget all the, the numbers, but there's some sort of... Or maybe, or maybe that's... No, that's Jacksonville. 
Jacksonville. One of them has a small chance too, but for the most part, it only matters the Tennessee versus Jacksonville game in week 18, and both those teams have little incentive to play this week. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, Derrick Henry carries you to a fantasy title, and then I mean, it just doesn't play. That would be brutal, but it is very much on the table. Uh, meanwhile, the Cowboys side, the Titans' run defense does rank first in rushing success rate allowed, second in EPA per rush allowed. But yeah, I mean, if there's no Pollard in this one, he missed a couple practices in a row with a thigh injury, it's still a blow-up spot for Zeke, despite the run matchup because of the situation, the game script, and everything. I mean, it would be... And Zeke has been pretty good. Like, I think he's had... a. He said like a long streak now, top 20. Top 20, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, no, totally, a long streak there, yeah. Oh, yeah, and this, I mean, they're 11-point favorites now. They're absolutely starting Zeke if there's no Pollard, and CeeDee Lamb is just emerging and so good. You you worry about game script and him not needing to pass much here. I could also see a nice bounce back from uh, Dalton Schultz. A lot of dump-offs, you know, with the pass rush on the road there, not trying to avoid hits with Prescott. I could see a big game from from, from Dalton Schultz here. Uh, they've been vulnerable to the tight end, uh, Tennessee. So, um, yeah, this isn't ideal game, uh, standalone game with uh, one team without incentive and, and maybe missing Tony Pollard. But that's what we need to pay attention to with the injuries here. But what CeeDee Lamb is, he's, he's that he's becoming the guy. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. He's, 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 I think right now he would be, if I was making like an all pro team, I think he would be on my second team all pro guys. Cause he's been that, that good. He is, he is un, unbelievable as like a route runner, a zone beating technician right now, his, all of the work that he clearly put in, in the off season, uh, our colleague, Jory Epstein wrote a really good piece about this. Uh, would go check it out. I quote tweeted it on Monday. Like, um, all the work he put in in the offseason has been it, it's all it, it all shows up uh, on on film the guy's been unbelievable this year i'm really 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 impressed with the growth that he has taken um this this year i think he is he's definitely like a back end it's always hard ranking receivers i get it there's a lot of quality players he's definitely like a back end top 12 top 10 receiver and like i i think in the superstar club for sure yeah, I hear you. I like to say there are about eight running backs on my top five running back in the in the game uh, list. But before we go, uh, do you have um, any hot takes on uh, the Sun situation in Dallas Stadium uh, affecting Michael Gallup, a possible touchdown? Oh yeah, well it's so stupid. I mean, come on, Jerry, <laughs> put the put the freaking blinds down, bro. Like unbelievable. By the way, Michael Gallup. Another guy that would have helped me win my win my matchup last week. If he hauled in that second touchdown, but. I do kind of like Michael Gall. I don't know that I'd play him in fantasy because the you know volume's not there. Obviously, T.Y. Hilton gets that big play, whatever. But you know his his pro, his over under prop right now twenty nine and a half receiving yards. I think I might go over on that. It's not number one. It's not that much. And still, the Titans their their run defense is great. But since week fourteen, they've allowed the second most explosive passing plays. Like they they can still get beat over the top. Um, I would think they they've Gallup allowed the most be- fantasy points to wide receivers this year. Yeah, uh, or give or t- I mean, I guess it depends on your scoring, but whatever. It's uh, it's it's top up there. So yeah, absolutely. Nice matchup. What about T.Y. Hilton pulling in a third and 30 catch? I mean, when a very important play in the game. I mean, that was really sick and out of nowhere. I honestly didn't realize it was T.Y. Hilton until like 10 minutes later. I'm like, that's who that was made that play? I mean, that was a crazy. It was what a throw by Dak. Yeah, what a throw by Dak. I think Dak played great in that Eagles. That was just one of the best games of the year and one of the best wide receiver games of the year for CD doing what he did uh, and Devontae Smith as well. I mean, just a couple of, and obviously it's like, oh yeah, by the way, AJ Brown was there getting a hundred yards as well. Like it was nothing. So yeah, man, CD lamb. I can't say enough good things about that guy. And I can't believe there were questions like, well, is he really a number one? I mean, that guy is as number one as number one gets. 
I think I ranked him third before the year. And the first couple of weeks, I was really feeling dumb and questioning it too. I'm like, he's not the, he doesn't matter the targets. I didn't think he was, you know, able to take advantage. I remember early I mean, on. Cooper but, Rush um, was his yeah. quarterback for most That's of right. those games. Yeah. So no, that kind of mattered a little bit. Yeah. No, it he looks like a, happy to it see does it. does kind of matter. Yeah. It, it definitely matters. Um, but yeah, no, I, I was with you too. I had him ranked very aggressively. I thought he could lead the NFL in targets. He's still like top five. So, um, yeah, no, CD Lamb's awesome. That's the that's the take of the podcast. But uh, that is going to do it for us, Dalton. The last Stat Nerd Thursday of the year, man. I will I will miss this. We're not done with you, Dalton, of course. But uh, the last Stat Nerd Thursday of the regular season, it's a shame. Cool, man. Appreciate all the listeners out there, and uh, been loving uh, doing this pod with you all year long, man. Yeah, I love. I I I don't know about you. I know the shows are longer. It's a little more prep, whatever. But I love the 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 format change to giving a stat for every team. I think it really lets us unpack a ton of stuff on this show and i hope the list let us know what you think about it too you can tweet uh, at us as well of course and, and let us know your feedback but I, I don't know about you dalton i really enjoyed it yeah love it love it absolutely great idea all right well that is going to do it for us you can follow dalton on twitter at dalton del don if you don't already waiting well i did see a native tweet a native tweet from dalton last week just a straight up here's the pod with the link i mean they're, they're, even those are rare these days my friend I even tweeted uh, when I saw that opening line, uh, 31 and a half, that, the, the Saints-Browns. I even did an eyes emoji and tweeted that. Uh, I know that's really, really getting out of, I know, I know, I'm breaking out. I know, it's, it's wild. It's crazy. There's your New Year's resolution, man. Uh, tweet more in 2023, or don't, yeah, I mean, yeah. whatever. Oh. Jason's been telling, uh, it's been my New Year's resolution to our, our boss for the past six years. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of these days, one of these days. All right. You can also follow me on Twitter at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. And of course, make sure you're following at Yahoo Fantasy as well for all of the goodness from the entire team. If you like the show, and come on, we've been giving you one stat for 32 teams for like months now. Give me a break. How can you not like the show? Please consider leaving us a five-star rating and review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. It would really help us a lot. It would help us put some distance between some old negative reviews of shows that are long since dead on this feed. So for God's sakes, please. Leave us a nice rating and review. I would personally appreciate it, and I know Dalton would too. Dalton will also be back with me tomorrow, along with Marvin Eloquin. Hell yeah, the return of Marvin to preview the Week 17 games. Until then, we're out. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.